0: best are dick pills there's that's going around some podcasts nowadays too oh okay
1: but so they just make you
2: into a dick <laughs> <laughs> it's called blue balls mm-hmm. Yeah, they come a a second dick ball. in only three hours <laughs> yeah. all right you guys ready to do this yeah let's do it
1: 33 percent more than the leading brand
0: Even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone I'm a man of the land, I'm into discipline Got a Bible in my hand and a beard on my chin But if I finish all of my chores and you finish thine Then tonight we're gonna party like it's 1699 We've been spending most our lives. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Mega Vision Show, the companion podcast to Mega Visions Magazine, where we talk about the latest Sega, video game, and pop culture news. I'm Chris, the editor in chief of Mega Visions, and joining me this week is Sketchcraft.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody?
2: We also have
0: Scotty. How's it going?
2: Orange Vanilla Coke is the unofficial sponsor of this week's episode. Ooh, drink like in, in the example. summer.
1: As well as diabetes. All
2: right. <laughs> yeah. If there's one thing I like about summer, it's sun and the beatis. You need both of them.
0: So, guys, it's been a little bit since we've all been on the show. Uh, what's everyone been doing? Uh, Rob, what have you been up to, bud?
1: Uh, desperately trying to get this issue out. So <laughs> we got some good news and some bad news. So the bad news is it's not going to be done tomorrow. The good news is we're already starting issue nine because I got a team of people helping with the graphic design moving forward. So um, what I've had to do over the last three, the we did this preview issue last summer plus issue seven and then issue eight um, is I've had to make it so that the magazine will be completely reproducible with, with very little help from me. I can actually direct versus just make everything and call myself a director. Uh, so like, like it's been it's been a lot of heavy lifting. So uh, the magazines for the most part is done. I'm just drawing this comic portion that'll go in. I'd hope to have 10 uh, pages worth of content for that um, over a five page section of the magazine. Uh, But because of all the time crunch stuff I ran into, I'm just going to do five pages and run it full page. And then I'll do my full version of that next issue um and then i got the cover art so it's not a big deal while you guys you know, i believe right now you uh graham and some other people are doing the copy editing yep right yep so that's getting done but on the upside issue nine's already being worked on right now from a graphic design point so we can meet that three issues three to four a year depending on the schedule so i think it's right now i think we're pushing for three going up to four but um i'm super excited because for the first time since we started this little venture i'm like i don't actually have to do everything yay you know like (laughs) wasn't my intention to be the guy that has to do so much it's just uh really wanted to get this thing to the point where it can be created by other people i think that's important too folks um having worked at other magazines where and other projects where it's like if something happens to rob it all goes away that can't happen like i don't that's not a good thing guys i don't like being the guy who's like yeah, oh, but you what?
0: are irreplaceable though that's the one huh? you're, you're uh, irreplaceable. <laughs> yeah. all
1: right so <laughs> when there's money tied to that statement i'll believe it you know what i mean like <laughs> in the meantime it's like yeah well so um but that's super exciting so that that really uh started this week as i wrap up some of this comic stuff and then next week or the week after i'll be able to start the cover which is going to be super awesome because that's going to be panzer dragoon and so you guys know the minute you see me draw on the cover we're about ready to go to print so uh, i try to save that right toward the end so the goal is to get that to the printer by the first of june and then from there on after we'll have the schedule of every three months or three to four months will be this we'll be able to give you a date and it will ship and that will be that so super exciting
0: yeah, I mean, if no one's ever done it before, making a magazine is is kind of hard to do. <laughs> it's, it's very time consuming, especially if you if if you build it using a you know like a very lean um, team to do it, which is kind of what we're doing. You know, we don't have these giant teams of people and departments and everything else like you know Game Informers and EGMs and you know what have you from back in the day. Um, you know, we're we're trying to keep everything as, as small as possible. Um, but in order to do that, we have to try to find all these different efficiencies uh, where we can. And Rob, you've done a really good job of, of building out, you know, templates and, and things like that for different um, designs and, and uh, series that we, we publish in the magazine to make those things easier, um, you know, to be, you know, just when we're doing the design phase of it. So um, I think it's going to continue to get uh, easier as we go along and, and faster, um and so you know i'm, I'm looking well, forward to that
1: let me just tag onto that so making a magazine it's hard making an artistically driven anything is harder for sure so like this isn't like oh i just we just drop text in there's some screens and it's got a little graphic design boop and we're out like 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 i'm what we're making is artistically driven so the the you know, when someone makes an artistically driven TV show, that takes twice as long as the cats who just crank out the dribble, right? So, um, and then making something that, when when I started, you know, it wasn't like people around us could do what I was doing, you know? So, it's always been my goal to make it that, you know, I can train you, Chris. I can train, you know, another crew. So, that there's, there's these backup things you know and then moving forward it, other people can be trained how to make this thing um not just oh we got somebody to lay out a magazine and god I hope it fucking doesn't look horrible so you know that's the other thing too so uh but yeah no it's totally doable so that's super exciting for me and then that just means you know it frees me up to put more art in the magazine like right now i'm spending a lot of my time folks just you know button clicking and moving things around and it was funny that i had this this design session with my crew and they were going over it and they quickly saw like how much time i was wasting doing things that i don't want to say are beneath me but you know it's not the best use of my talents you know but it's like chris i don't think the best use of your talents is karaoke night you know i'm just gonna go out on a limb
0: I'm not am yeah. not, not big on the karaoke, so yeah, I would right. agree with that one.
1: So if you were spending your entire yeah. time in this venture doing theme songs for this podcast, probably not the best.
0: <laughs> oh, but there's so much possibilities there. No, I think if anyone were to do that, Scotty would be our man. He's got the... Did you, know, you say right?
2: possibilities? I like that even better. <laughs> Great. Well, when you're here, you're here.
1: <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. There you go.
2: Sweet, sweet. As I uh, take a sip of uh, five-hour energy. Uh, Scotty, what have you been up to? Uh, Moving and getting into my new place, so not really much else. Um,
0: How's that uh, come
2: along, the new new dig? uh, We're in it. Um, You know, some of the rooms are put together, some are not. Uh, My game room slash guest room is not yet together, so I'm literally sitting on the floor with my tower and two monitors on the floor and my keyboard next to me, and I'm sitting like crisscross legged um, so that's pretty cool uh, but uh, things are getting there we um, we're waiting for some more shelves and stuff to get into everything's we're not we're not entirely living out of boxes but we're um, some rooms are still full of those boxes so um, but yeah it, it's moving along I actually helped another buddy move this weekend so we've had like no time to actually do anything. Um, but, uh, that in mind, I haven't really played too much. Um, I played a little bit of Rocket League, a little bit of Pac-Man 256, um, saw the new Avengers End Game, and, um, our internet just died before we started recording, and so I was like, well, we gotta watch something, uh, while we eat, uh, cram this food in my face before I record, and so I started to introduce my girlfriend, two sliders have you guys seen that show from the 90s jerry o'connell yeah and uh uh
1: my the... secret identity
0: <laughs> and uh Gimli from yeah
2: Lover. i One love that Davies. Show.
0: i I've heard, I've heard that there's talk about um a reboot of that show
2: i think all there is uh that's going on are conversations and someone like acknowledged that recently i don't think anything oh. Like, uh, for, hey, anyone who doesn't know, this show came out in 1995. March 26th was what the little liner said that we were um, watching it from. I have this series on DVD, but, um, oh, man, for those that don't know, that show is just... it uh, a dude creates a, a worm, or he creates a device that opens up wormholes to alternate dimensions. Where you know, he lives in San Francisco. So I remember one episode where he shows up and the Golden Gate Bridge is actually like blue. Um, <laughs> another one where I think in that same episode, like s- some baseball team won the home the World Series that didn't the year before when they left, or something crazy, like a little you know, slight things and you find like a
0: weird thing to build a a TV show off of just like we're just going to make a TV show where he goes to these other universes and it's going to only be slightly different.
2: Yeah. And then we'll see what happens. But I remember there were full episodes where like there were only five men left on the planet and they were used for breeding purposes or like another one where the Germans won World War Two or something like that. that. That was actually a pretty good episode. Yeah. So it's like but I love that show and it's it's not great, but it's fun. But like if done right, this that show could have lasted forever with with a plot idea like that. Well, it's like, infinite possibilities,
0: done... right? Yeah, exactly.
2: Now, I do remember one episode they actually filmed in Pittsburgh in uh in the Kennywood theme park because I remember seeing um just the rides and stuff in the background. But yeah, so I started watching that with her. I'm very excited to see what she thinks about that show and uh, just going back to it because it's it's so dumb. It was like what you would watch on Fox Friday nights before X-Files came on, you know?
0: It's definitely a guilty pleasure sci-fi show for me. Uh, I remember watching it when it was airing back in the day, and I I really loved it. I don't know if it's going to be one of those that holds up very well, or maybe it can still have some charm in its cheesiness. Like, it, it may be one of those where it still can hold up, but you don't really take it serious at all.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of those shows that like the biggest plot hole, not plot hole, but like the biggest like it would just destroy any plots was if anyone had a cell phone (laughs) in the show. Um, And uh, it reminded me a little bit of when I was watching uh, Umbrella Umbrella Academy recently, like you couldn't tell when that show was taking place. And the biggest uh, giveaway that it wasn't recent was that nobody had a cell phone, really. Mm -hmm. um but i thought that was neat as for that show i'll I'll hold my opinions on it entirely because i could we could talk about that forever but uh yeah watching sliders and barely playing video games because i'm just unpacking everything basically right now
0: good stuff i've been man i i've been obsessed with game of thrones uh i've i've been a huge game of thrones fan for a long time like since the show first began i've read all the books uh, of the main series i haven't gone and, and read some of the some of the um like side stories or you know, the earlier books that um martin has done but i've just been this 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 season is just so insane i'm not gonna say any spoilers or anything like that but i've just been going really deep on youtube <laughs> listening to all these fan theories uh and lore and everything else and i've it just has consumed my life this past week uh and i just need these next three weeks to hurry up and go by and so it can just be over and i can get my life back um because oh my god it's um it's becoming a problem uh and you know i was thinking that i don't i don't know if george r martin is ever going to finish the books i I don't think it's going to happen he's like i think he's getting close to like 80 now
2: he's in late 70s wow i don't know he hasn't
0: even um he hasn't even finished the second-to-last book at this point, and they're way farther ahead in the series than they are in the, the books. And he – I mean, this his last book was supposed to be done, what, Rob, like a year and a half or so ago, maybe two years ago? Yeah. Something like that. I just – I don't think we're going to get him. Um, but what the, is exciting, though, is he actually just tweeted it out, uh, or he did an interview this past week and said that um, – there's been like four or five ideas or, or um, scripts in the works for other series by HBO. Um, and I think he said three of those are getting in the, like the pre-production phase and H- HBO has actually ordered a pilot for one of those series. Um, he didn't say what at all, like what these series are going to be. Uh, but I would absolutely love a series that goes back and follows um uh, robert's rebellion like from the very beginning. Nah, it won't be that it won't
1: be that it, it's being written by jane goldman so it, it, um she's she's a really good writer uh she like, wrote kick-ass and the first first class movie and she actually did the original writing on days of future past before she left to go do kingsman with I was like, no was she, i don't know if she did kingsman she may have wrote the first Kingsman, i can't remember I'm off the top of my head i know she wrote the the Peregrine, that X Men movie, like movie that Tim Burton made, the Peculiar Parag- Peculiar Children. Some fucking, it was like an X Men movie that Tim Burton made, but it was like all weird kids and shit.
0: Yeah, I think, I, think yeah. I know what you're talking about. It was
1: a cool movie. Um, she's a good writer. Uh, but it look here's here's the thing, man. The minute that guy started getting fat checks for having not to write. he was never going to finish those books like, (laughs) because i can tell you like as as just as a creator as an artist like when i get my my what i call my roughies my sketches done for me the art is done and like the problem is no one else will pay me for that you know and no one cares so it's like you have to spend this other length of time getting it to an acceptable consumable point and Hitchcock used to talk about that too. Like for him, his movies, he used to say like his movies were done in the storyboarding phase, but he had to then go shoot the movie so they could, you know, no one's gonna watch a bunch of storyboards. So I feel like he worked out the structure of the story. Told the Game of Thrones dudes, they're making the show, he's getting fat checks. Eh, you know what I mean?
0: I <laughs> uh, hear uh. the only thing I can think that that may you know, drive him to finish them is like, what's his legacy going to be? Because if he doesn't finish these books, he's never going to be spoken in the same breadth as like Tolkien or any of the other great what does he care? fantasy writers. He may not, he may not, but I'm just saying if, if he were to care about that, I would think that that would be something that would drive him to do that. Like if that's something that he wants to be remembered as, because if he isn't, he's not going to be remembered for the guy who wrote, the game of thrones books people are just going to remember the game of thrones series hey man
1: i'm waiting for the day some fucking anime company especially like i don't know why ghibli never did it he gets around to saying, hey why don't we adapt the full nausicaa manga all four volumes into a hundred episode anime series or even you know what i mean like there's tremendous amount of works that are already completed out there Mm -hmm. that are amazing that just don't get touched so i've read the books up to book four book four pissed me off like and I, spoilers for book four folks but if you've seen game of thrones there's this whole season where Tyrion kills his father and you know takes off and that's how the third book ends and i'm like this is amazing go read it and it takes seven chapters to get back to that storyline because he adds a bunch of different point of views for shit i don't care about and their mom comes back as ice zombie ghost thing it's fucking weird like like i and what that says to me is i've been there and look, man, on the magazine, there's this thing called feature creep in games, right? Like mm-hmm. where you can just start you just start adding more and more stuff, but you're kind of getting away from the main narrative, you know? Like and if you want a good example of this, go watch Lost Season Two, or was it two, when they didn't know how many seasons they were gonna have of lost and they, they spent like twenty-four episodes in a cage. Remember like the three yeah. dudes on right. lost? It was Jack and was it Sawyer and Chick, yeah, lock, yeah, whatever. Oh, no, no, so no, no! It was right. Jack and and Sawyer and um Kate, Kate were stuck in a, literally in a fucking cage for set six or eight episodes. Some crazy fucking nonsense. Before, before ABC was like, hey, maybe we should just you know agree to a season length and let them finish the show because it's going to kill, you know, the whole thing. So the show does a good job of just following that narrative straight through. Um, I don't get the complaints when people go the books are better i'm like i assure you they aren't on certain levels on certain levels the first three definitely are but i don't know what i mean guys this is an amazing show like like if this were i mean even I mean, could you imagine this in the 90s, Chris? Like, could you, guy. I mean, can you know, like, we've got to go back to a time when sliders was the big fucking
2: thing. Well, that's what I was going to yeah, say. fantasy right? you know, <laughs> version of sliders. It <laughs> bit, yeah, okay. it would be, like, but, some sort of a combo of Conan and Xena. Uh, Xena, uh, yeah, 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 you know,
1: where they're just out, like, in the, de- like, they're out, in, like, right outside of L.A. Like, this is the Conan Desert. Like, sure it is, you know, like... So this is amazing anything, like not just television. It's amazing anything. Um, it's being done on responsible budgets. It's being done cleverly. You know, you can see the sets. You can see the, like, I don't, I just think we just, we have a tremendous uh, amount of uh, content out there. And people just, you know how it is, folks. You know, everyone likes to act like they're the expert of something when they've never done it. You know, until it's their turn. Like, so if you watch Master Chef, you're like, that guy fucked up that thing. He didn't make the, he, they didn't let the gel didn't set properly. Meanwhile, they can't make a fucking chocolate chip cookie if they tried. So like, I'm just, if you make anything and you watch Game of Thrones, you should just have like, damn, how did they get, how did they get that far with that many points of views, tying it up. And I've rewatched the series up into the point that we're at now three times, three times because I sit here working on this magazine. So I just leave it in and, you know, and I'm watching it. And I'm like, things, they're tying all their threads up that the show started, you know? They really do. You go back to the first two seasons and some of those slower episodes are paying off. What's happening now is paying off things from those initial two seasons, especially. And it's just like, wow, they really, you know, they really go there. So it's quite amazing to see. And anyone who complains otherwise, I really just... I always find it funny, folks, when when people really, how do I say this? When something is pretty pretty good, and they're like, "It could have been better," I just always reminds me of like when people photograph the food that they bought. You know, it's like look at this food I bought. Like you didn't make that, right? You just went to the. They're so proud of yeah, anything they remotely do, right? Like, like have you ever experienced this where you've made something like you make the magazine, but no one cares, or they got complaints, but then the minute they. You know, I I actually watched a TV show. They want an achievement fucking point for it. You know what I mean? I watched something. I got an achievement unlocked. You know? I don't know. It's this the cynical artist to me is like, I just wish people would have to make one fucking thing. You know what I mean? And be criticized for it because they yeah, that, and that's you know that's my
0: point. And I you know like as as a game critic, I always try to be kind of cognizant of that. You know, like I I know for a fact when I go into a video game and I play it, and then I sit down and try to start writing a review about it. Like one of the things I always like to remind myself is like, Chris, you could never create something anywhere remotely, you know, in the same realm as this video game. Even shitty games. Even games that have bad gameplay, broken mechanics, whatever it may be. Like I would never be able to do that. Um so I just try to keep that um in the back of my mind just to kind of stay grounded before I just like completely trash the game. And and that's not to say like, you know, games and that have, you know, big flaws shouldn't be criticized but um, yeah i mean
1: if 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 the intention for me it's about intention like and it's hard to get intention when there's a thousand people aboard but if it feels like hey they're just cranking these out to make money then i get it but dude they took two years to make one season that's not a that's not a show that's cranking things out to get it done you know what I mean? Like they're they trying the hard
0: scene in episode three of this season, like over forty something nights or fifty two nights or something crazy, and fifty one nights. Oh you my god! You ever gosh. shoot at
1: night? You ever shoot at night? I got Kyle, my buddy Kyle, the cinematography is out shooting now. Dude, nights are the the worst, the worst, and they were out in the freezing snow, which is hilarious because I'm like, I don't know if like they needed. I, mean, I guess they didn't have to add a bunch of breaths in post, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing. <laughs> But they're not doing it to just crank out the money. It's like the difference between Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy. Mm. Like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know they were really trying. It was really fucking hard. And yeah, they kept pushing themselves and pushing and pushing. But with the Hobbit trilogy, you're like, they're clearly padding this shit out to make their money back. You know, (laughs) it's not a three movie story. You know, like no matter what they do. Come on. And I don't think
0: that was even a Peter Jackson decision. I think that was by the...
1: warner brothers yeah yeah, i I, I think
0: that was i think he originally wanted to do a two-parter but they wanted to do a trilogy so
1: he wasn't able to direct that so
0: right it was supposed to be del toro which i would have loved to have seen that um a del toro directed
1: i'll i'll wrap up on this i know we got to move on but i have a friend who does rigging rigs right Mm -hmm. for feature film and he's worked on everything all the you know avatars the first lord of the Rings series he got into it around there and uh they came back for the Hobbit. Like he moved it back to New Zealand, and they he was he like he didn't make it past the first film. He quit. He's like clearly it was being done for money. Like he just went he went to go teach in China. He just couldn't deal with it. So now he's working on the Avatar sequels. And these are these are like those veterans that used to you know the older type of ILM kind of um visual effects guy that was like oh, we're doing this to raise the bar on visual effects. That used to be the big push around, the, especially in the 90s and in the early 2000s. It was like, how far can we push the technology? You know, I feel like now visual effects are more like an optimization level. Like, we're not trying to do the best visual effects. Like, can we get them really good and seamless within a budget? Like, what can we do for 150, 150 million? But on the Hobbit thing, it was clearly things they could have done with puppets. Like, no, we'll just do it digitally. We can do this digitally, that digitally. And they were like, but it would look better if we did the orcs with the puppet. They weren't about that. Yeah, but it's a cost and it would, you know, we could do it all digitally. So those movies were clearly a cash in.
0: So you're trying to say is the Sonic movie should have just gone all practical effects without any. I
1: I contend (laughs) this, folks. folks, I'm going to blow your fucking mind right now, right? I contend this statement. You take the Phantom Menace as is, same fucking movie, no changes, right? The only difference is you make all the Gungans fuzzy, cartoony Muppets, and that movie is 10 times better. <laughs> like, like, I'm telling you, fuzzy, you kick them, shove them in an engine, spin them back out, right? You know, blow up the fucking, yeah. the, the, and they have to be the Felt Grover-style Muppets, not the the realistic, textured kind, You know, like, you make that legitimately, (laughs) they found a planet of cartoon fucking Muppets, I would watch that film (laughs) over and over.
0: That would have been pretty awesome.
1: So I think a Muppet Sonic would have been a hilarious, like, when he's running, you could see, like, you ever see
0: the Muppets? Just, like, like going up and down. (laughs) Like,
1: you remember the Christmas, the Muppet Christmas Carol, when you see Kermit walking, and it looks weird? Yeah, like that as as Sonic? Yeah, that would be hilarious.
0: (laughs) We're gonna have much more about the Sonic movie later on, um, but let's move into the mail sack. Yes, Scott, that's your uh, your cue, buddy. Yeah, let me uh, get. Let's
2: just gotta unstrap a few. Okay, just get. All right, oh, great. We didn't uh, lose the mail sack in the big move. Yeah, no. I mean, it was like strapped to the top of the car. There was no way we could have lost that guy. So uh, right. let me go to the. Let's see, we got Discord and the Twitter first on the Twitter at the splintering asks well this is uh presume- presumably we're going to talk about the trailer and everything so he says i think robonic uh this is his theory on what happens in the sonic movie i think robonic replicates sonic speed and creates metal sonic as the final big bad how much do you agree um i have no idea i don't even know what could possibly be the end of this maybe time travel who knows what do you guys think metal sonic going to be in this
1: uh, no, I think it'll be an evil cloud or an energy wave.
2: Like, oh, good. Being made, Galactus. Okay,
1: this is being made according to shitty studio rules. Right? Like, like clearly. I mean, look, I'll give them credit. They're trying to, you know, we all know the, what the director said about redoing the visual look. I, I'll believe that when I see it. But remember, this is a movie that Sony passed on. Sony was originally making Sonic. And this is the company that, Sony's the company that made the Emoji movie. So they sure were did. like, once they saw it they're like no
2: <laughs> did the emotion movie make a shit ton of money though
1: mm, it did okay it didn't make a shit ton you know
2: i could get past 15 minutes of that movie when i watched it tried you to talk
1: about cashing in right so no. no there won't be any metal sonic i have no doubt it'll just be like um liam robertson made a post on twitter where he was just going through the checklist of like, this is whoever's making this is just going down the superhero checklist of powers for Sonic. So this is clearly like the flash here. It's this superhero. We've seen this here and everyone's was trying to say, Oh, the the, the ring thing was Dr. Strange. And they're like, but all those things exist in the game or in the comics. And he's like, yeah, but the visual, the way they're doing it is clearly just coming from superhero movies. And I believe that a hundred percent because studios don't fucking read comics. I'm telling you right now, they don't. Um, so I believe that the end battle will be some kind of stupid energy surge thing, you know, and that will shift Robotnik into, you know, Sonic's realm, and he'll look all weird at the end, and that's that one image will be the very end of the movie, you know, or the one where he actually looks like Robotnik, that'll be like the stinger at the end.
0: I, I, I could see that, like, they, they, the entire movie is just takes place in our universe, and like, at the very end, there's something that transports him you know to the just
1: like masters of the universe remember that one
0: i could see a post credit you know something or other where they introduce like the creation metal sonic or shadow would be a funny one right if
1: you can get that far right like how far can we
0: (laughs) i'm not saying i'm saying this might be a like a um master of the universe type thing where they where they tease oh. something it just never happens so um right. I, I, i'll I, be I, back right. yeah i i could see uh them trying to tease something and you know like it may never come to pass this may be the only movie we get and you know judging by what we've seen so far i think i'd be okay with that and i think i could speak for most people but um i guess more to come on that but i i would not be surprised uh to see a metal sonic or the introduction of another you know, enemy going forward. Cause that's just what they do in these movies.
2: Yeah. The, the, yeah. I mean the, the real life or the, um, live action Mario ended on a cliffhanger with Daisy coming in and say, I need your help or something like that. So it could go up to that. Who knows? Um, and when
1: you're invoking that film, you know, you're already on the wrong foot, you know, <laughs> yep. like,
2: um, and then uh, at Jurassic, Steve asks, I know the song to movie is easy to crap on. I don't necessarily ad- disagree with that consensus. However, I'd like to hear what you all think will be good about the film and what you liked in the trailer. Um, uh, Jim
0: Carrey. I'll say that. That's he yeah. is the good thing in that. He's not he's not being Robotnik, though. He's being Jim Carrey. And in
1: in the same way that Raul Julie, look, <laughs> that Street Fighter film,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I went, when it came out you couldn't have found a more angrier fan than me. Like, if there was a Twitter to rage at, I would have been there, you know? Um, Because it came out, like, the same year as the anime movie, and I was like, the anime movie's made this. Fuck this movie, I can't say it. But Raul Julio, if you did watch it and you didn't take it, like, so personal that like, this is a Street Fighter movie and they're ruining Street Fighter, his performance is somewhat oddly mesmerizing, right? Like, I can't believe this exists, you know? And... Just like you're just looking at it, like game for me, it was Tuesday.
0: <laughs> I, I love his performance in that movie. Like going back, and he's he pretty much makes those that that movie. Um, he I think he he really uh I, I think he, I, I read something that he didn't want to do it. It was like his kid that he ended up doing it for because his kid was a huge fan of the series so he agreed to do it just based on that alone um but then he completely just knocked it out of the park um uh, he was just this way over the top evil supervillain and i think he did uh, not
1: get out of the park he knocked it out of the park in adam's family one and two
0: in this terms is of the guy, just being ridiculous he did yeah you know, this like,
1: is the guy who made an unwatchable film you know somewhat watchable in mm-hmm. a way you know like so i feel the same with jim carrey in this film
0: He's just doing his Jim Carrey shtick. And for me, I am totally down with that. Um, so for that's what I came away with. Like James Marsden and everyone else. Like I, I do not even care about what's going on with that side of Mem- things. But-
1: remember Marsden's riveting performance in Superman Returns? Remember <sighs> remember how great he was in that film? Yeah. Remember all the times he cried at Cyclops?
2: Remember? Well, hopefully he cries in this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what all- if the credits are just him crying? Like you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did see still a a from Hop where he's also driving a car and talking to, uh, like a Hello. little furry bunny. Yeah, uh, yeah that's
1: going around the internet. It's basically you know? the
0: exact same shot as in the Sonic movie. I thought that was pretty funny.
1: But I mean, it would be funny if the credits were just all the actors cashing their checks, you know, yeah. and they're crying. But Jim Carrey's having a good time. <laughs> like, like that's right. It is just him painting pictures of Sonic.
0: I wonder if like he did any research into who Robotnik is because we've seen Jim Carrey be like a super method actor in the past. Like, I mean, he's, he's really like a, a man. What is it? Man in the moon when he did uh, the Andy Kaufman thing, like he lived and breathed Andy Kaufman. Like he, that's who he, he consumed himself with that. But do you think like they even tried to get him to understand like who, the Robotnik character or they were just like, Hey, just go out there. And, he's a he's an evil you know genius you know scientist so go out there and and have at it
2: yeah bad guy with an ego i don't think he did any research for this role but who knows we haven't seen it yet my okay two things
1: on that one your point about him playing andy kaufman no offense but the person that was really up for that role was ed norton and he should have been andy kaufman if you look at norton but they just didn't feel he was famous enough at the time so I always felt like his performance as Andy Kaufman was like Jim Carrey pretending to be Andy Kaufman. Ed Norton really would have nailed that role. His best dramatic effort, though, for me, is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It was good. His, be- I mean, and I love his comedy stuff. I mean, I actually liked him in A uh, Series of Unfortunate Events. That's a film that often gets overlooked, but he's quite in- uh, entertaining in it. Uh, whether he, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Play Sonic and get a feeling for Robotnik? I mean, what is there to Read the fucking
2: comic books. And he could watch the cartoons probably a little bit, too. I
1: know. Everyone loves Archie comics, and I get it. Um, But at the same time, the thing is, is when you watch this movie, was there one joke that made you laugh? Anything? There (laughs) isn't. There isn't one joke that makes you legitimately chuckle, as opposed to maybe when you watch, like, a Pokemon trailer. Even if you don't like it, you're going to chuckle at something. Something's funny, you know? Like... That's what scares me about this movie. There isn't, it's just like when you watch the Alvin and the Chipmunks trailers, you're not laughing. You know, there's zero fucking, (laughs) you're not laughing. Like, there's just no legitimate joke. Hey, did you see that movie, The Happy Time Murders?
2: No, that's not a good thing, right?
1: Yeah, not a good movie, but the trailer had at least one joke that made me laugh when he's like exploding all over the office and he won't stop. Oh you know? I did,
0: yes, okay. Dour, yeah. dour that was not, that, that made me want to see it. I was like, if this is what that's kind of humor and just this really crass and and stupid humor that they have going on, I'm down watching it. But then I read the reviews and they're just like, this movie but, is a pile of shit. So
1: not a good movie, good. but at least that trailer had one funny moment. Sonic yeah. doesn't have any legitimate. There's nothing, but you realize Carrie's doing his Carrie thing. But, you know, like, where's the, 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 it feels like he just showed up to set and, you know, ad-libs his way through it, right?
0: Which is probably what he does for 80% of
2: the movies he's done. Probably. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's that. Oh, boy. Um, at Bit War Vets says, hey, Visions, have you tried the new Toe, Jam and Earl Back in the Groove yet? If so, how do you think it compares to the original? Does it hold up to the funky Sega classic? um chris and i streamed it uh we talked about it a little bit i believe after that Mm -hmm. uh stream didn't we um but uh i like it and it's very similar to the first with aspects of the second thrown in in my opinion um and the uh it holds up if you're a fan of the first one. If you were a fan of the second one, it's nothing like that. So that's... Yeah, but uh, we talked a whole podcast about that, so I don't want to take up too much time discussing it. But overall, I like it. What do you guys think? Have you played it, uh, Rob?
1: Uh, no. No, I was watching the uh, the intros and the cutscenes because we were pulling screens from that for issue nine. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was using that as the example. Here's how you pull screens. Uh, I do really... Enjoy the cutscenes, and that the animation style really holds up in a entertaining way. Yeah, I could honestly so,
2: watch a cartoon of like this game if they absolutely. Did
1: that. Yeah, abs- just they could just take whatever they're doing now and make a cartoon series out of that, and get Key and Peele mm-hmm. to do the voices, and I would oh, fucking geez. watch. Yep. Yeah, right, 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh
0: It's what's funny is that I think the the character designs um for Toe Jammer are just so well done, and they just. They they're timeless in in, in that sense because I, I had I have the vinyl figure sitting on my shelf and my mom's uh up here visiting uh and she was uh looking on my shelf with all my like geek stuff and she picked up Toe Jam and just started laughing. She's like, What is this? And she's like, This thing's so funny looking. I was like, Hey, that's uh Toe jam and Earl, you know, it's this new video game that came out and stuff. And she was just cracking up laughing. She's like, This thing's so funny. It's so cute and uh I was just thinking I was like man they they just did a really good job just designing those characters and they hold up really well even a day and um, I think they could do so much more with them uh, like kind of like you guys were talking about like it's a shame that we didn't have like a Saturday morning cartoon um you know back in the no, day.
1: no 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 it's not a shame because you know, it would have been horrible like that earthworm Jim cartoon but we need it now. You know right? like, like they would take the writing seriously now.
0: Yeah and I think Maybe. Like it it could have been done really well if Greg Johnson and uh you know the original team had some sort of input into it, but if it was just some production company that did something like the dumb and dumber cartoon back in the day, which was just absolute shit. Um Ace
1: Ventura cartoon, right Back to the Future cartoon. No, it would have had to been on liquid television back in the day. You know, like if you never remember what liquid television was like this uh, animation anthology series that was on mtv it's where the max cartoon beavis and butthead uh, aeon flux uh all sort of debuted and there was tons of little shorts i could see it doing well there or if you guys remember a cartoon called uh duckman
2: Mm-mm. you remember yeah, duck man i think
1: and so usa was trying to do prime time it was at the time it was called prime time cartoons they wanted that simpsons money and Everyone was trying it and ABC made a bunch of shitty cartoons like D was it DC Dog or something like that. Uh but USA did this one called Duckman with Jason Alexander, you know, uh George Costanza from Seinfeld, uh did the voice and it was oddly like mature and the our animation style was was pretty fucking cool and different. And it was one of the better ones and like I it would have had to been like a studio like that that could have added that quirkiness. Otherwise, you know, they would have they would have just Saturday morning cartoon that up back in the day, and it would not be something you'd want to watch today. We'd look back at it and go, "Remember the Toe Jam and Earl cartoon? Oh God, it's horror!" You know, so
0: it would be good to have something just with a little bit more like geared towards a, a, like an adult type of thing, like not necessarily full of adult humor, but just not the dumb stickiness of, of what's smarter right exactly so that'd be good um but going back to the game i really enjoyed it uh i find it strange that there's those people out there who prefer um, part two over the original one um both games are, are great but um i just i don't think that that the second game is that great of a side-scrolling like platformer game i think there's so many other games out there that do it much better um but for what the original game was for me when i played it back in the day like it was completely original had never played anything like it before uh and i don't think i've really played anything like that since on the genesis and um you know going forward um with the next you know generation a console so i thought that was great uh it takes the best parts of the that game and just makes it better and plus it has online multiplayer, uh, or co-op. Uh, so it's, it's really good. It, it felt a little bit easier. I have to be honest than the original yeah. one. Scotty, you and I got through it actually our first sitting. Uh, um, yeah,
2: we kind of surprised ourselves. We're <laughs> like, is this the end of the game? Yeah. Um, but
0: it was but great. It, it has that replay a replay
2: value though, for sure.
0: There is a lot of replay value. There's some secret stuff in the ending stage. Um, if you, uh, toy around there. I think you can unlock some new stuff. Um, they add some just new nuggets of of features and things, so it's definitely worth picking up, um, especially if you're a fan um, of the original stuff, so you should definitely go play it.
2: Yeah. Um, and somehow they're going to do four-player mode if they haven't already, so that should be interesting.
0: Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Uh, yeah. I don't see how... That's only going to be online, right? Because I can't imagine you could do a
2: four-player uh... co-op. <laughs>
1: They should do evil versions and call them wato Jam and Wa Earl. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> whirl, whirl and Woe Jam. Um, I don't know. I thought I heard something about that being on Switch as well, the four-player mode. So I, I would assume it's going to be local with that in mind, unless it's like only you it handheld on mode or something. Of,
0: like if each of you have a Switch.
2: Yeah, player, that might be.
0: That would make sense. But I just can't imagine splitting the screen up in, in four like sharp verticals and it be playable at all. That would be just,
2: I, I imagine that'd be terrible. I don't know. Um, and then uh, last one on Twitter uh, at greedy Mirosama or lock on haru Hal, Halu. Whoops. Do you buy the theory that Paramount actually had multiple models of Sonic for the Sonic movie? And that the trailer we got was one of the quote unquote whip models. I'm not sure what that is. W i p progress. Oh yes, yes. Okay, models. Considering it matches none of the promo Bible models nor the poster showcasing Chris Pratt, which would later change. Uh... What's funny is
0: that uh, my daughter actually mentioned this, uh, like after we watched it uh, the other night, and I I got to thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Like that would be an actual really interesting marketing strategy. Um, to say like, hey, we're going to put out this like really shitty version, which we know is going to get a ton of backlash and just get everybody talking about it versus putting this other model out, which looks good. looks like, a, you know, like the what you would typically think of Sonic looking like and it would, you know, make most of the fans pretty OK. Like they, they like like it OK, but it's not going to make that impact that something like this could do. Um, that if if they're doing it from that standpoint, they are marketing geniuses. Now, oh. I don't have any faith that they're doing that. Um, but if they if it were like that, would be super smart to do. I think um, because it's getting everybody talking about it. <laughs> then you come back and say, okay, we're going to work on it. Uh, a couple months later, you introduce this new one, and then boom, you got a ton of free publicity for this movie going in, and then you get like your diehards and your other people that. Enjoy the new model. Uh, I think it would be super smart to do, but I don't think that's what happened here.
1: Guys, Tyrion Lannister isn't running Universal Marketing. All right, you 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 guys. I've been working on licensed properties since 2005 professionally. Right, since Spider Man, since Spider Man Three and X Men Three. And let me tell you how this works. Okay, the style guides, that marketing stuff that you see, are called style guides. They put together a style guide. It is culminated from uh, renders that are painted over to look good on, quote unquote, look good on printed materials. They can't just use models straight from movies because the models from movies are not lit properly. They're lit in a way that they can be affected by lighting within film, cinematic lighting that's done in post. So they airbrush on top of those style guides and they change from how they look in the movie just depending on whoever's in charge of the style guide, whoever's in charge of the marketing department. Marketing departments aren't answerable to creative on films. They're their own fuck. They have to do whatever they have to do to sell merch. So they create what they think whoever's in charge of the style guide creates whatever they think will sell whether that looks exactly like the movie or not. That goes out to uh, all their licensors uh, six months to a year ahead of the release of a film to start development and then all the merch has to go back through the studio and depending how it, it gets a, as much input as they're willing to put time and effort into depending on the movie it changes with every so marvel has a completely different level of input than disney which has more which universal takes virtually no input other than when, when I worked on Fast and the Furious they want to make sure we were using cars that were only in the films because they had licensing issues. So no, the answer is no. There's not two different models. They didn't render two different things out. That's just conspiracy theory, geek radio. It's really fun to figure out and think about. It's really quite simple. If the director said they're going to change the model, they can't change the rig. They can only change the visuals in the face that will fit the rig. Do you understand? So the proportions of Sonic are not going to change. Just the face. In order for the rig to change, which is the underlying skeletal skeletal structure, um, that that's going to require all new animation. They're not going to have the time for that unless they push the movie back one year. That's just laws of fucking physics and time. So to change and re-render the model, that just costs a little bit more money unless the studio is willing to take it on Uh, or the render farm is willing to take that on for free because their name's going on the end of the credits and they, you know, they got to put these in demo reels and they want to obviously, every movie gets, every, your last job gets you your next job in this business. That's how it works. So, uh, (laughs) like, this is just, I'm the only, like, man, guys, I wish, you know, they had some genius fucking plan. It's really quite simple. The reason why studios don't adapt comics, like, oh, why don't we take the Archie comics and use that for the storyline? Because they don't own those stories. Archie comics probably doesn't own those Sonic stories. Whoever wrote that probably has some co-ownership in that because they get a royalty check whenever those comics get reprinted. And in order to do that, they'd have to pay that guy or that girl um woman, whatever, to adapt those stories amongst everyone else, editors, uh owners of Archie Comics. They so Hollywood doesn't want to do any of that stuff. They're gonna make their own thing up. Same with the visual. Whoever made this version of Sonic gets IP uh points. So anytime this version of Sonic ends up on something, they're gonna get a paycheck, which is why they use their own version. This is why Batman changes in every film. The only studio, the only studio that never did this that didn't care to do this initially was lucasfilm lucasfilm was the only one who was like we're just keeping continuity between our films because we have this shared universe we don't care marvel followed that formula everyone else gets a different producer it's because lucas film was produced primarily by george lucas the marvel studios films proper the marvel studio films not the x-men films not the spider-man films but the marvel studios were produced by one dude kevin feige so they keep that continuity whoever made this version is producing this version whether it's tim miller i don't know who's pro- producing this version Sonic. they get anytime this sonic appears on merch is going to make the money this is why when they said they're going to change the the look, I'm like, maybe they'll make it look more like a style guy because it they can't. They're not going to fucking scrap all the merch that's already made. Somewhere out there, folks, the merch is made. It's sitting on a hard drive right now, or there's already versions of the shirts printed up, toys, lunchboxes. You know, video Sonic, games. Toilet paper. Games. No video games. That's the uh. one thing they never do now. And I'll tell you why, because Sony took. No, Sorry, Sega took a giant hit trying to make those marvel studio remember the original captain america thor and yeah, iron man, first iron man, iron man. Yep. they tried getting that all up but that, that that formula went away when thq bowed out in 2009 2010 they just they don't do that anymore it's too much of a pain they can just as easily release skins in fortnite and promote their fucking movie they don't care they want to spend the least amount of money to to to, to generate a bunch of negative pre- you think they could figure Hey guys, let's make something that looks really bad and we'll put that out and spend all this time and money and take the brand hit and then we'll tell them, here's the real movie. Are you kidding me? Like, do you really think uh, some executive at Universal is like, that's the way to go? Or uh, for real? Like, we just, you're just hoping there's a plan. There is no plan. They're reacting. And by the way, don't get your hopes up. Like I said, that that model is going to change much. I have a feeling the face will change. That's it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think the the model is going to change all that much. I think it's just the the face. But even then, I was like, is that something that? How long would something like that even take? You know, like going. Okay, back-
1: I I know this because a friend of mine. Uh, it's just all coincidental, folks. Um, so a guy I was one of his best men's at his wedding. His best buddy was his dude named Eric. And Eric worked at a company in San Diego that was in charge for rendering all the frames to like Pixar films and Star Wars films and Marvel films. That So they don't do their own rendering, these movies. They go to other places that re- they're render farms, is what they're called. And so it's not that it's hard to render out a film. You can actually just clock it by time. How many visual effects shots? How long does a typical render take? The money comes in in terms of turnaround time. Cause you got it's like you ever go to a copy shop. It's not hard to make a copy. You just got to get in the queue, and the closer you want your shit done now, the more you got to pay. See how that works? My guess is whoever's doing this rendering is probably footing the bill because they're like I said, their name is going to be on all the CineFX magazine. You know what CineFX magazine is? No, it's the Visual Effects Magazine trade. They put out maybe four a year for like forty years, Um and so. Anytime you want Oscar considerations, it's in depth visual effects talk. It's really, I, I subscribe. I have a billion of these fucking things lying around. Um, whoever's doing this is footing the bill for that. So all they really have to do is re render. And what they just do is don't take on any work and take the fucking hit, you know? And you could say, well, artists aren't getting paid for that. I'm like, the, whoever's working is getting paid. The question is, you know, is that good? Like long term, if they put out a shitty movie, that studio will probably fall under anyway, right? Because who wants, you know what I mean? Like if if, if that look goes away and their entire pipelines for making those films, what are you going even supposed to show them? You're, we're the studio that did Garfield and Sonic. We don't want you. Like that that happens. Doesn't matter how cheap you are. So unless China picks them up, like this is this is just basic time and money. So I think it's not hard to do, but don't expect a radical change because it has to fit the pre-existing rig. The It would be impossible to do if they changed the proportions of Sonic, which, be honest, that's what we want. The current proportions look like a kid in a onesie, like pajama suit, <laughs> you know? Like, I always say, you remember that show, Alf?
0: Oh, when they had Alf actually in the suit running, like in the, uh, yeah, the, opening. You mentioned the, the, the opening
1: credits. The opening credits are all Alf as a puppet, and he hops around Muppet style, and it's fun to watch a Muppet a puppet whatever hop around right like no one moves like that it's hilarious um but at the end of the credits there's this shot where the family takes a photo of themselves and it's clearly a person in a suit who walks out there and just walks like a normal person <laughs> and you're like that don't look right like nothing about that looks right that's the first time I think that uncanny valley hit me as a kid where I was like that doesn't look right so that's what Sonic looks like right now the proportions look like a it's a little person in there like it's weird. So look, I mean, I've gone off on it, but you can argue with me. Anyone out there can go, I don't believe Rob. You don't have to believe me. I'm telling you how it is. You know, like that's just how it is. And when it comes out and it goes exactly the way I told you it went, there you go. You know, but the the marketing materials look different because they have to paint over those renders and then make them look appealing. And they have different approvals and the movie studios, movie studio producers don't have approvals over marketing. Here's a here's an example, a real world example. I worked on you remember that show Foster's Imaginary Friends? Yes. It used to be a cartoon with the blue right? blob so dude. Right, blue blob. But blue and Cheese were the two main big characters on there. So we got the shirts to go. This is 2007. I got put on these shirts, and they were telling me nothing's selling. We need it to sell. And I'm like, well, I think this shit should be selling at Hot Topic, you know? And the reason why it's not selling is because all the designs were super like. 50s-ish. I don't know how to describe it. It was very avant-garde. So I put blue, um, knocked him out, made him so he's just blue, put his lines into a black shirt, and I put all these skulls all over the place looking mischievous. And Cartoon Network refused to approve that shirt. We don't want our characters associated with skulls. I'm like, but the skulls are from the fucking style guy. Like, the skulls, and they're monsters. So nothing I did got approved. I put the designs up on my DeviantArt page the co-producer, co-writer, and wife to the creator of the series has a DeviantArt account. She saw my shirt designs. And clearly, you can go on my DeviantArt and dig this shit up. You can see somewhere there she goes, these are amazing. I'm the wife of the creator of the show. I write, produce, whatever. How are these not approved? I'm like, you need to talk to this person. I even named the people in marketing. You know what I mean? Go talk to this person, you know? Because I don't fucking know, you know? Well, let me tell you, Monday morning, I had to go into a room and get my ass handed to me by Cartoon Network because the, choir, the, the show wanted to know why their cool shirts aren't being approved and the shitty shirts are. You know? Because they don't get a say in it. Marketing is completely... Posters aren't made... Did you ever see the posters for X-Men First Class? You guys remember those? No.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't, The honestly. worst
1: posters ever made for a major film. They literally were silhouettes of Professor Xavier in a wheelchair and then they just photoshopped in a head like the skin parts of McAvoy's face into the silhouette like, like, like it's, and they did want to fast better just the skin not the hair like was, guys it was atrocious and i remember at the time everyone's like how was this approved i don't understand like cuz marketing is not held to it, they're different they're different situations and sonic is this is no this is classic studio bullshit 101 folks it's not gonna end pretty for us i just want
0: to say that i would love to see a sonic movie directed by Tyrion lannister that's what i want
1: i would like to see a sonic movie directed by the guys who did wreck it ralph you know what i mean he looked just fine in that film get the animation dudes who did all the cutscenes for the anime i mean like it's not hard These things shouldn't be live action, you know, unless they can find a way to make it work. And, like, look, the Pikachu movie seems to be, from all intents and purposes, I hear, is pretty amazing. So if that's the standard moving forward, perfect. But let's be honest. There's no reason, like, Sonic is, if he's coming to our dimension from another dimension, he can be crazy looking, right? It's Remember Roger Rabbit? It was okay to have a cartoon next to a human. Like, we're fine with that. I don't understand why everything has to... Be so goddamn literal with this stuff. You yeah, know? Yeah. Like, just make it fun. You know? But the the Lego... Was it Miller? Was that guy? The guys who did spider Produced and wrote Spider-Verse. and They did the Lego movie. Phil and Lord. Chris mm-hmm. Miller, Phil Lord. Those guys probably should have done the Sonic movie. Needs a little bit more inside knowledge, fun, energy. So, whatever. Look, we all know Sonic is strong enough to survive this because if Mario can, Sonic can. But... I have a feeling at the end of the day, it's not going to be bad. It's going to be like, oh, that came out? I forgot about that. It'll be forgettable.
2: Yeah. We have more Sonic questions, don't we, Scotty? um Is we can get through these relatively <laughs> okay. quickly um but the other thing i was going to say to kind of touch on what rob was saying uh but how everybody's like look what i did beep boop boop photoshop and it's like that's great but that's a still shot so kind of just to echo what rob was saying like it's easy to take a picture and edit it and make it look like classic sonic but that's not how it's going to work for the movie <laughs> like you said it's got kind of the you know, it's almost like if if there was someone in front of a green screen and they had to work with that exact outline, but change the model somehow. So, to kind of simplify it, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Um, and so, going into the Discord questions, Ari, James, we kind of answered yours already, and we're probably going to answer it more. So, um, so I don't want it. I don't want you to think we skipped you, but we do acknowledge that you had kind of asked what we already answered. Um, and then in Discord, Clever says, completely irrelevant, changing topics. They ask, what modern retro-esque games do you guys enjoy playing? Um, I thought of a couple. The uh, first one I thought of immediately was Double Dragon Neon. Uh, and then I played the played it to hell and back, but Castle Crashers. And then more recently, Hotline Miami. But those are my... Have you guys played any of those?
0: I played Hotline Miami. I've, I saw the new one that they're coming out with. What? Which is it? Like Hotline L.A. or something like uh, that?
2: I'm not sure, actually. And it looks super awesome. Like
0: I, cool. I, it it looks really really good. I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. Um.
2: Double Dragon. Uh, yeah, I play, I've played
1: I've played them all, and we had the Castle Crashers guys play before yeah. before I got there, and then Hotline. We had him and Game Fan. I mean, so I've been waiting. I, mean, I was playing that when it was called a demo called Grand Theft Tendo. Did you guys ever play that?
2: <laughs> no, that's. Yeah, he
1: put a demo up in 2004 called Grand Theft Tendo. I'm like, this should be a whole game. It's NES Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. and then he eventually made that into his own game. That was amazing. So, uh, yeah. Look, this is kind of a side note. Look, when it comes to retro games, is it saying retro styled or retro games? What was the question retro-styled or retro modern, I'm Sorry, retro-esque. I had
2: myself muted. Yeah, retro, modern retro-esque. So yeah, that's why I went like like Double Dragon. Like Neo Retro, clearly. basically,
0: is what he's yeah. saying, I think.
1: Yeah, I really think Bionic Commando Remastered is a game people forget about. Mm, um, Rearmed. Yeah, Rearmed, thank you. Rearmed, with that was an amazing... They had a cool lo-fi chiptune soundtrack. Yeah. Um, That was amazing. The new Mega Man, Mega Man 11 is pretty damn good. But again, those are all sequels to classic retro games. There are so many like Nuclear Wasteland is is an awesome game. Shovel Knight is an awesome game. So there are so many of those titles. I mean, Chris, I do nothing but just at you and Mega Visions with these games non-stop, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) (laughs) Like there's so many for me. Matter of fact, um, there was one I just added you guys last night about a Kickstarter for this super monkey ball style like game that uh, oh yeah
2: yeah uh rolled that, out or something
1: yeah but it actually gets the mechanics from the first two down perfectly in mm. the way that sonic mania used to and like this guy like some people just really focus on making like they really focus on the physics of of the retro stuff you know back in the day and and that's a that gameplay mechanic is and that feel is very important to me yeah right? so I'm if you were to make a to mar- to look at it no Mario sixty four like game has captured the feel of Mario sixty four. You know, there was a feeling to it that not band, not ukulele hasn't captured that. I haven't played one. You know, Time Ad hasn't captured that feel. But the feeling of that that a roller ring ball I can never remember the name of these things uh, was amazing. We'll put a link in there. But uh, that feeling of that Super Monkey Ball, which the first two games had an amazing arcade field that was precise it was a really fun feel that went away quickly so i would say that's the most recent but i am definitely looking forward to that sequel was that hotline miami it's like the 16-bit version
0: yeah right? it looks really good
1: yeah and then one that just came out pathways i'm playing that in my free time that's fucking awesome pathway you guys played that Mm-mm. i don't think so so it's like a pixel art top down kind of game, but with an amazing lighting engine done in three D. And it's like you're in a desert. It's like you're like Indiana Jones ish, where you're fighting mm-hmm. Nazis and getting treasure and shit. And it's it's fucking awesome. awesome. Yeah, Chucklefish, I think, man. I can't remember who made. I'm not good with. The... <laughs> I don't keep these all in my head, folks. So, but Pathway <laughs> is an amazing, most recent game I played. That's awesome okay
2: um
0: i would say um is is a really good one that i I played a bit um it's like a a, uh side scrolling like a platformer um with some really really good pixel art uh there's another one amid evil it's a first person uh dungeon crawler kind of uh first person slasher type of game uh really really cool so if you're into um you know, those type of like Doom-esque games. That's a new one that came out recently. Um, so those are just a couple that are on the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, I lo- it, we live in this weird time, right, where there's just so many of these indie games that are coming out now. It's just so hard to keep up with everything. And I think it's, um, it's there's so many games that look great and that, that play really good. And it's just impossible to, to keep up with everything.
2: Yeah, actually, a lot of stuff Devolver does, like Ollie, Ollie um what's that other one? Titan Souls is like a top-down kind of Zelda-esque thing where you're just fighting bosses. You know, like you said, the Hyper-Life Drifter was one that someone hopped into the Discord and accidentally answered as their opinion. They were in the wrong forum. Um, yeah, it's a good time to... Check stuff like that out. Just the indie scene is so big with that stuff. I'm mm-hmm. trying to find the hotline.
1: You want to talk about LA. indie? You just get jump in the VR pool with me, folks. Yeah, the, the water is fine. <laughs> the real <laughs> cutting edge is there, but they're they're so refined now and they're amazing. What's cool though is yeah, you can't keep up with all these these modern retro games, but their their ability to sell on multiple platforms means that you can always find them. You know, like so. I'm just I just hope that the studios that make this see a return you know enough Mm -hmm. in advance and i really wish bigger studios like amazon uh, microsoft would would give these guys i mean the guys who did um uh the the what's the ninja guy the messenger Why they they can't be? Why they can't make a modern Ninja Game or a modern Shinobi game? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, why don't they just get them? Like, Sonic Mania is the perfect example of get the guys that understand the feeling of those games that aren't trying to like modernize it, but make a modern version of that. Here's an example, and I'll end on this. I'll shut up. I know you. I I gotta say this, but (laughs) I have been listening to this. It's not really a symphonic; it's a MIDI symphonic score of Shining Force Two. Um, I right? I sent anyway. Chris, I sent you a link to it, right? I've been listening to it nonstop. It's made by a um old gen. Old gen, he only has 183 subscribers on his YouTube. It's called Shining Force 2 Symphonic Suite. Um, and I would kill to have that score modded into Shining Force 2 proper, which made me think: why don't they just take Shining Force 3, the content, the story? And rather than, you know, because it's all in 3D on the Saturn, why don't they just take that story and that content and just remake it in the Shining Force 2 engine and give us Shining Force 3 with, like, a symphonic MIDI score? You know, like, update the score with the cool pixel art and give us that in a package, you know, the Shining Force saga. So they don't have to emulate these things, and you know, because, like, the game never felt right anyway, looking at the shitty 3D compared to the 2D pixel art. You know, like, but then I'm like, because that would take vision and they, they, they need to know that they're not making their money back in week three, they're, that they're going to be able to sell it forever. You know, like some of these studios and these, even these, like Cashel Crashers is still selling. Like, they double fine got this. Like, if you own your fucking shit, you get to sell it forever. You know? So it's like, uh, side note, but I mean, these, why they're, why someone out there, they can't, someone has to be like the best at making shining force 2 mods right get those dudes to do it you know give them a budget and and approve it and there you go so i'm i'm afraid about this battletoads game they teased two years ago with a logo and oh, never well, showed I a forgot shit, right yeah. i didn't
2: <laughs> like where is it folks
1: you know where did it go hmm
2: that's weird. Yeah. Well, didn't the, didn't Rare just put out something else that just like nobody cared about? I think recently.
1: C F As.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, well, they got that to worry about right now. But I guess that's doing better than it was. I think it's uh, doing okay. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Saturn Memories has some questions here. First one, very random, but good. What's your favorite Jim Carrey character from In Living Color? I didn't watch a lot of In Living Color, so I'll just say Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs>
0: I watched a lot of In Living Color. That was, like, we... In In Living Color in our house was way more popular than Saturday Night Live. Like, we would... It would be family viewing
2: at my house growing up. Um, yeah, that was, like, before SNL really got bigger, I'd say, and that was before Mad TV was even created, I think. Yeah, but I mean,
0: In Living Color did this thing where, like, it, it gave, um, like, alternative comics. Not alternative comics. I would just say, like, non-white comics um a platform to do their stuff like you had all the wayans brothers you had tommy davison um you had uh david allen greer you know jamie fox all those guys um they were there and they were so good but oh, man let me color just it's it still holds up but anyway um my favorite character fire marshal bill was great um and there were <laughs> There were two really good characters that I, I could go back and watch all day. One, Jim Carrey, when he is the um, he's like a self-defense like teacher. And he's really, really bad. Uh, and he's trying to teach this girl how to uh, like uh, stop someone from like stabbing her basically and he tells her to like come at her and and try to stab him he's so bad he ends up getting stabbed like several times and like bleeding all over the place it's so fucking funny um the second especially
1: hold on so on that especially in light of those fake martial artists out there like who just touch guys and they fall (laughs) over
0: right? yeah yeah. yeah, it plays
1: well given that
0: man you gotta go i I don't even i I can't remember his the character's name but he's so good uh scotty if you've never seen it i'll have to find the link and send it to you it's fucking he's hilarious. got that
1: big karate stash <laughs>
0: right <too>, right? <laughs> yeah. he's like yeah you know <laughs> oh man, it's so good um my my second favorite one i don't think he had an he had a name but it would always be this um a news crew that's doing like a live stand-up shot like maybe at like a museum or something and jim carrey like walks in the background and he notices the camera and you just kind of see him like Realize what's happening, and he walks off off screen, and then you'll know, walk back again, and he's just doing all sorts of stupid shit in the background, and it is hilarious. I mean, that's all it is—just Jim Carrey in the background, just doing dumb stuff, and it it kills every single time. And so, um,
2: those are two like really, really underappreciated characters. I think he did in *Living Color*; it was great. Yeah, I probably should watch more of that stuff because he is. Well, he what? Eh, yeah, Jim Carrey's still in my top five actors. I'd say um he yeah, did I'll a vanilla
1: to... he did a vanilla ice oh shit that yes. was fucking genius at <laughs> the time, oh my god because right?
2: yeah,
0: he came out with the um the <laughs> yeah. uh the the the, the gosh, shit the, the girls i forgot what their name like they they would dance Fly like,
1: girls the fly yeah, girls, fly girls which, j-lo was in there yep,
0: yeah. yep yep and he came out oh, with wow. them, and they did a whole skit and it was like a parody of vanilla ice it was, damn it was so good man
1: He had the hair and just the (laughs) pants. It was was right around that "yo go ninja go" shit, you know. Yeah, Yeah,
2: that was that was really really good. That all sounds good. Maybe that'll be next after sliders. (laughs) Um. Let's see here. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, and he, uh, Saturn Memories goes on to ask, how washed up do you have to be to take on a supporting character role in a Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Does Carrie seriously believe this is the movie that reinvigorates his career or is Sonic just another paycheck to him? I think it's quite literally another paycheck. Oh, I think absolutely. Jim Carrey's doing just fine and he's probably like, yeah, I could be in this and, oh, uh, my only, um, my one rule is I don't have a script. Let me go. <laughs> I think this is probably super
0: easy for Jim Carrey to do. He probably comes in, he films maybe what, like a week worth of shit and he's done and he just does Jim Carrey stuff. He's not having to get in a lot of makeup. He just gets in a suit. They put a stupid mustache on him and just let him go. And so for him, I think this is a no brainer. He does this. He could do this shit. He could make 10 of these movies and he'd be fine.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, he's doing dramatic TV right now he's in a he's in a show on like it was a a
0: afx or what
1: he's really good in it and he he also did the writing and producing on that stand-up comedy one a couple years ago that was really good it was like a in look at the comedy store um yeah and that was amazing it's just you're not getting that from him in the movies because he's getting paid like guys let's be honest if someone's like hey we want to pay you 40 million dollars to go do (laughs) anything on a movie what what is your answer
2: yeah, he's almost like the sit-in bassist in a studio that uh lost a member of a band. They're like, oh, call up whatever. Let's get him in here real quick, you know. Yeah. Like he's
1: still doing good work. It's just the Yeah, you know, the it's just being done on television and in smaller stuff. I would say, man, I really should get him on something like if they go they do a Fargo season four. You know what I mean? I think he do really good and something like that.
0: I think it it may be telling um of the studio of like them realizing like, okay, the Sonic the, the sonic franchise is not going to be able to sell this like we got to bring a big name in here to anchor this thing and kind of you know like bring it to the the box office because just sonic doesn't have that mainstream appeal and so hey
1: better jim carrey than russell brand how'd that work out for hop oh you know like
0: <laughs> yeah no I, i'm not saying it's a bad it, it's, a, it's a bad uh, choice at all i think it was a good choice but um it probably costs a lot of money and We'll see if they make that back, <laughs> you know, so.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, I think we kind of, eh, I don't know if we discussed this really, but one long one from Saturn Memory. Sonic Team has been injecting actual plot into Sonic games for 20 years, and in my opinion, they've mostly sucked at it. Now, I don't know if that's entirely their fault, because let's face it, a talking blue hedgehog with attitude, not to mention all his furry friends, are kind of hard to take seriously in any context. So it begs the question then, Why did Sega, a company that can't even write its own character well, think it was a good idea to entrust a $90 million Sonic movie to a guy whose only directing credit is go for broke and to the writing duo behind such notable works as Team Hot Wheels, The Skills to Thrill? Uh, He means, um, was it the director or the producer of Fast and the Furious? Let's do this. Okay. I don't know. I like some of those movies up until The Rock got in, so I can't really speak on that because I don't know who's doing any of those anymore.
1: I can answer this because this is a producer driven film. It's irrelevant who's directing it. The director is being that face on Twitter because, you know, obviously but it's a producer driven film. This is why it was irrelevant who directed Ghostbusters 2016. Oh boy. Sony had a plan to make a certain kind of movie that was getting made regardless of who directed it. Like that period. So it doesn't matter who was directing this. It was being produced in a way that it was going to get made this way no matter what like do can you tell me who the direct do you think the director of the smurfs and the alvin and the chipmunks and the Garfield movie is what killed that no i don't think in this the, the director gets the credit when it's good the director gets the credit when it's bad fact of the matter is movies are put together by producers that's what a producer does producer gets the script commissions a script producer picks the director then the hopefully the producer steps back unfortunately there are movies where you can see the producers way in charge of a film i submit to you a movie called green lantern there are nine producers on that film (laughs) and if you go watch that movie you can see it you know like and it was directed by martin campbell who directed mask of the zorro goldeneye uh, Casino Royale. Now look at Goldeneye and Casino Royale. Two completely different films, but the producers were the Broccoli family at the time. Had a vision for how those films should feel before the director was hired. Do you understand that? So it doesn't matter who's directing this film. It's being driven. The tone of it was already set. Up. I guarantee you that "Gangsters Paradise" song was probably wow. being played by the producers before anything was even written. You know, like, that. we love this so Sonic and Gangster's Paradise because he's got the attitude. Like, I could just... Like, those are the people I'd like to sit down, at a, you know, at a sushi bar or some shit and some sake and just get them real... You know, like, just tell me how that shit went down. You know? for have you guys ever watched The Death and Return of Superman Lives? No. So it was a documentary that John Schnepp put together about Superman Lives, the Tim Burton-directed Superman film. Uh, from 1997 that was canceled where nick cage was supposed to play superman but the film was really put together by john peters who produced the first bat first two batman films um and he was putting this film together and so he initially commissioned kevin smith to write the script and so john went around trying to put this together and john peters just you know, he wanted things like a fucking giant mechanic. He wanted a giant spider in the movie. Kevin Smith talked about it for years. Oh yeah. You know, and then when right. he left Superman Returns, he went and did Wild Wild West. Wild, and guess Wild what was West. in Wild, yeah. Right, a giant spider. And then Kevin used to tell the story. You know why? why a spider? And Peters would say, because spiders are the fiercest animals in the animal kingdom or some <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, like they just producers come up with this shit there's a reason why in every every x-men film wolverine flips off the 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 camera with his claws that's because tim rothman the head of fox studios had that joke and wanted it in the movie and i sat there listening to david hater who wrote the script voice of solid snake uh tell me once that he had to work that in and look it worked in the movie but that's one of those things where the they had to be there the director didn't get to yeah, pick that the, like the screenwriter didn't get to, almost yeah Brian Singer didn't get a say in that that's just had to be there so that's what sonic is
2: yeah and i think earlier on it was confirmed that sega had very little to do with this other than just saying like here you go have fun i don't think they really have a say in what's going on with this movie other than a thumbs up i guess um and uh, then one more question uh through the discord veted games said or they asked, uh, with the announcement that Sega will be focusing on well-established IPs like Yakuza, Sonic, and Persona, what are you guys' expectations to see in those games to keep the experience new and fresh? Um, I guess I, uh, we'll all talk about it a little bit, but I think um, they're kind of already showing what they're doing in terms of uh, with Judgment, because that's kind of a, I guess, almost a spin off of Yakuza. So I could been see more. very...
0: Uh, open mm-hmm. about it being in that universe so yeah, yeah. I, I agree it's 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 no no secret that this isn't like an entirely new series or anything like that this is firmly planted in the universe that was built upon uh, Yakuza so
2: there's plenty of characters to go off and do their own games about them with that series I think sure. so and uh, they're just kind of letting Atlas do whatever the hell they want to with Persona they're going to have enough spin off 5 st- before st- 6 hardest- on
0: that's probably the smartest thing Sega's ever done is just don't muck it up. You know, like help, you know, like from a publishing standpoint, let you know, Sega can help them with those type of things. Um, but when it comes to the development of that series, just let those dudes do their thing because they're fucking amazing at it. Yeah. So um
1: I would love to see a side Yakuza game. I don't I don't want ever want the studio being replaced. They're, they're doing a good work. But wouldn't you love to see a take on the Yakuza series by Suda Fifty One? Yeah, you know, That'd like some really over the top Tarantino anime style version of the Yakuza series. I like, mean,
0: I don't know if you could get more over the top than what they've been doing before, but that could—I mean, that if anyone could do it, it would be him.
1: Travis touchdown in Yakuza. You know what I mean? Like, I would, I would kill for that. Uh, I just hope they let the Sonic Mania dudes make another. Right, the, I say dudes. I mean, it wasn't just guys. You guys, you guys know what I'm saying, right? Figuratively, yep. In the general um, sense, I know what you mean. Yeah, in, in the way that Prinny would say, dude. All right, right. I got someone who comments. Not everyone's a dude. I talk in Prinny. Fuck off. So, um, I wish they let them. And I'm gonna go back to my Shining Force. I wish they would. Someone would get to make a Shining Force three with that content and a remastered symphonic score, but with pixel art.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the next Sonic Mania just has to have less remakes of old zones and more new stuff and if the adventure cartoon is any hint then Amy's going to definitely be in it, probably more metal Sonic, Um, but uh, just more of that would be nice it's so, I can't say this I was going to say it's so easy to do a Sonic Mania sequel because there were only four new worlds in it out of like the 12 levels you play, but yeah, just create just let them do, you know, don't do a ton of remakes, I know that was like a more of a safety security thing to have remakes of old stuff and not so much new stuff, but yeah, just new stuff, please.
0: Yeah. And we've, we've heard this before that. So Sega is going to refocus itself on its, you know, core IP. They've done this probably two or three times over the last 10 years. They've said this and they'll do that, but they'll still continue to come out with these smaller, you know, games that are, you know, for digital platforms, th- things like that. So they'll still publish these quirky games like, uh, Timbo, the badass elephant and, you know, things like that. So, um, I yeah, expect then- Yuji
1: Naka, right?
0: Uh, it's Tempo, Yuji Naka making those
1: games. Like, he made that pigeon one, right? The Kiwi.
0: Kiwi. Oh, Kiwi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Timbo was made by the uh, the studio, the, the Pokemon crew. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, okay. Game Freak.
0: Game Freak. Yes. Um, oh, my bad. No, no, but yeah, I think they're going to continue to do stuff like that. Like, I, I, I would love to see them continue to allow kind of going back to your point, Rob, is like letting these smaller development companies take on IP that they have no plans to do anything with like case of or, point, the streets of rage. Or
1: case, Okay. That's an excellent point with streets of rage. I would also say to point to Nintendo, what was that recent rhythm game that was on the, that's got a Zelda.
2: Scotty knows of this. It? Oh, What's uh, crypto, the Necrodancer,
1: right? Yeah. The Zelda thing. Like, so yeah. like that's, I mean, Nintendo letting an individual developer do anything Zelda ish. I mean, it was amazing when they let Capcom do that with Oracle the Ages back in the day. So uh, I totally agree with that. I mean, I was to but okay, case in point, the guys that did the Messenger, why they can't be making a Shinobi game or the Katana Zero Cats can't be making, you know, or case in point, when we were talking about FDG, you know, like those guys putting together, uh, what did I, I forget, what did I say they should fucking make, like an Alex Kidd game or you know what I mean? Like, like there's just so much talent out there mm-hmm. that that um.
2: Outsource it just takes the vision.
1: It why you know? <laughs> well, you know, this has been my problem with Star Wars games is you need a studio that's hungry, that can show off what they can do that that project can then elevate them. So when you when you hand a Sega property to, say, Sonic Team, Team Sonic, right? Whatever it's called, Sonic Team, right? So yep. they've made so many of them; they're not proving anything you know what i mean they're not like right. really here you know you're really digging in and saying this is us so you need someone that really you know you should almost let the sonic team make new ip and then you know take these older ones and hand them to CAD set. can do it on a budget and have a ton of passion and passion isn't code for work for free folks i mean Spyro was a passion project. The people on there, we all grew up with. I was like, fucking can't wait! You know, like, it was an amazing thing that we were all able to to do that in a way that if you had the original Spyro people remaking their content, they probably wouldn't have been as, you know, driven because you already made the game. Does that make sense? Like, how many Sonic games can you make? If you make, like, 15 of them, you know, there's...
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: There's always so many, you know, before you want the people that were... Completely inspired by the work you did to come in, and then hit that tone and, and move the ball forward.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that uh, just about does it for the mail sack there. So I'm gonna uh, zip it back up and snapper shut here. There we go.
0: All right, so we got about ten more minutes of of time in the of in the Earthworm talk and, Yep, yep. We in, in the studio. We were we're running out of time here. Um, but I do want to talk about Earthworm Jim. It was announced, uh, I guess this past week, that there's going to be a new Earthworm Jim game in development. Uh, it's for the Intellivision Amico, which is uh, Tommy Tallarico's new Intellivision system that's going to be coming out. Uh, he announced it's going to be October 10th, 2010. So not this year. It's going to be next year. Wait, what? It's 2010? I mean, I'm sorry, 2020. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, I'm going back. In Sounds time. about right for 2020. No, no. What it was, I'm looking right we here. Missed it. I'm looking in this in the outline and I'm staring at 2010, which is what happened. So, anyway, it's coming out next, uh, next October. Um, and they really didn't have a whole lot to say about it. They did a live stream yesterday which i actually watched i don't know if you guys had a chance to watch that
2: oh no i didn't
0: it was pretty much a clusterfuck but uh, <laughs> they, they had um they had uh tommy Talarico, um uh mike Tanopol uh dave uh, oh shit what's his name dave so he was one of the original uh artists as well and then uh dave perry was there so and they had a bunch of other the other original uh Did doug
1: perry
2: or dave perry
0: dave perry all right yeah i'm getting all this stuff mixed up so
2: bunch of dudes
0: bunch of the original crew which is cool um but they i don't know man here's the thing about this I th- have you guys even seen the controller of this uh in i didn't
2: even know else? this was a thing
1: does it yeah. look like a jaguar because i've seen that console before
2: uh it's it's what's it called again in television does I mean, it have you know, a name amico chameleon A-M-I-C-O. Oh, <laughs> television
1: no. chameleon
2: yeah
0: uh might as well well be um but the controller basically has like a disc pad on it and it look it looks like an old school uh, uh like two, like uh, what was it the the apple mp3 player from back in the day
2: um the iPod
0: the iPod it looks basically like that you have a, a rotary wheel and then a screen, and I guess you have some buttons that on fuck? the side. I don't know how you're going to play a, a platformer on this thing. Um,
2: this looks dumb. And, yeah, it really does. Just look like an iPod with a click wheel. Yeah.
0: Um, so their idea, though, is that uh, they have some general ideas. Uh, they said during the live stream that they're going to have a production meeting afterwards, and you know, hash out a bunch more details. So. Um, but they want to have it where it's going to have multiplayer, like uh, local co-op, and you'll be able to do something with the controller screens. And their big thing is that, like, the way they're going to make this game is it only can be playable on an on an Amico. It's not oh going God. to be able to be ported anywhere else because because reasons, right?
2: Um, so. so they're gonna. I can totally see them saying, like, uh, remember Angry Birds? Well, you can flick Jim's head. Just like an angry bird, like slingshot his head out of his costume. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like, man, I don't know if I, I'm really, you know, crazy about a new Earth Gym game.
2: I think you're just mad because it's not Booger Man, Chris.
0: I am a little upset that it's not Booger Man because I totally backed the boogerman kickstarter back in the day um and they were supposed to have earthworm jim as a playable character
2: in that oh wow um didn't the remake of that or the reissue of that have like four player or something crazy of earthworm jim when it got ported to psn or xbla or something no idea oh no i don't know
0: um but yeah that's a thing i don't know if if anyone's going crazy over this um
2: that's a weird, what, what, was on the stream then? I mean, not the game, I guess
0: it was just them kind of talk. I mean, it was Tommy Tallarico talking most of the time and he was answering fan questions uh, about the, the Intellivision and um, just people asking questions about it and them just trying to answer roundabout ways without giving any definitive answers, <laughs> so, which mm. is basically what it was. I was l- watching it as I was building our outline for this um this uh episode uh interesting there's not a lot of information out there um it's going to be coming out supposedly next uh next year but he said that their plan is they will be at e3 next year (laughs) and they may they're going to have a bunch of games playable they're going to have a big booth you'll be able to play the amico so we'll be there next year uh and this will be one of the ones i definitely want to I want to try it out. I, I, I got to see if this controller is even able to be relatively playable. So <laughs> No. <laughs> right. Guys,
1: this is going to be right up there with Earthworm Jim 3D, right? Remember oh, that boy. lovely classic? Remember Earthworm Jim 3 No, you don't. I and never it was on Nintendo no. 64. Yeah, that's how yeah. genius that fucking game was. And probably that game will be better because at least that had a control stick with analog support.
2: Yeah, I'd rather uh, want three bananas than another iPod.
1: I mean, look, dude, I mean, we all got to earn a living, so I respect the hustle. That being said, um, Tommy Tallarico is a bit out. I mean, it's was, it was funny, funny you mentioned 2010, because that's the last time I had a conversation with him, about him. Uh, we were putting together a game over at, with, I mean, Dave Halverson was putting together this game, uh, and he knows Tommy and all those guys to and and he was he used to go over to the studio and a lot of earthworm jim's weird humor came from dave's um induced rantings like dave halverson's humor is a lot of earthworm jim as uh, dave halverson's humor and davies have all the original sketches that they did at the levels and stuff on his walls and he had all the original drawings for that so he used to stare at him and go oh that's Earthworm Jim." Uh but he used to say yeah tommy will do the music for free and i'm like Tommy tells you that until the day comes to fucking make a game. And then Tommy wants to get paid. So I don't believe anything that Tommy Tallarico says about his, his musical prowess. Um, but I get it. So whatever, uh, the Intellivision man. I mean, dude, did you guys own the Intellivision when it was out? The original one? It was no, fucking no. a horrible, my uncle had this, it was just a bunch of shitty arcade ports like burger time. It was a giant pad that had numerical buttons, like a TV remote, right? Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. And you would put these, like, sliding plastic sleeves over to change, you know, because you could never remember one does this, six does that. So you'd put these little sliding plastic sleeves over the controller so you'd see a different D-pad, right? This was your, you know, it would tell you what your button commands were. It was a stupid system. I mean, at the time, ColecoVision was the fucking thing to get, you know? And I just, there's, like, this weird nostalgia for those guys who think, like, their systems other than the Nintendo, the NES, was, like, important. Like, I'm sorry, but they weren't. Like, the Intellivision didn't help console gaming. It hurt. The ColecoVision didn't help console gaming. It hurt. Nintendo saved console gaming. The Master System was had some cool stuff. Didn't, they didn't get their headway till the Genesis. Like, that's just the Mega Drive. Like, that's just the way it was. You can rewrite history and tell me how much you loved it all you want. There's going to be no market for an Intellivision. Amazon Studios was better paying for this. You know, like, I don't understand. I like when they're, like, threatening you and it won't be available anywhere else. Ah, probably because no one's gonna be dumb enough to have a fucking controller that you have to use a wheel to move fucking Earthworm Jim backwards and forwards. You know, like, probably. So, good luck with your threats about that game being nowhere else. Just like Earthworm Jim 3D and Bubsy 3D is available nowhere else. Like, oh, wonderful. Please don't give me that. It's a shame because that's a fun character that easily could be, you know... I mean, right, guys? I mean, this is not... It could be done. Could yeah, be it, was a very, it was
2: a beautiful game on the Genesis too, like yeah. the level design and everything.
1: Yeah. There could be... I mean, imagine if the guys... Imagine if the if the guys that did uh, Streets Street Rage 4, you know, they did Wonder Boy. You know, I mean, any studio that could do hand-drawn animation, even if it was 3D with some amazing animation, it just a shame, and I don't even want to get into Doug Apple and his crazy fucking belief system. So, it's yeah. just, it's just, it's just a. It should be exciting, and I don't want to be cynical, gamer, but you know, what I mean? you're looking down the checklist of, in television, weird controls, questionable release schedule. It just reeks of, you know, the. Oh, sounds chazillion. like I want to know. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah,
0: I yeah. want to know who's um, who's uh, like you know writing the checks on this one. If, it, if it's just tommy or if he's somehow russian investors, mob i don't know man like who's investing in this thing uh um,
1: remember the engage you remember the engage with the russian <laughs> mob like how it was all tied into just money laundering schemes yep. like, <laughs> like like with the gauge, i'm like is there a, one day a ferrari will be ripped in half in earthworm jim's name And we'll, we'll know <laughs> you put the money up for that game
0: yeah so um I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh it's it's kinda cool, but I'm not holding my breath that this is ever gonna see the light of day.
2: Uh Chris, you should play the HD Earthworm Gym. Just download that. There is a four-player mode. It's co-op somehow. Are you just all different colors of worms? I don't know. I'm not I'm really not sure. But it has like even teamwork-based puzzles, apparently. Hmm. Okay. So yeah.
0: Um all right. Uh that's pretty much gonna do it. One thing before we go. Um, we are going to be at too many games. Uh, TMG,
1: and, yeah, TMG.
0: It, this, it's going to be really, really exciting. We're actually skipping E3 to do this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm really excited about it. So we're actually, <laughs> most of the whole crew is going to be there. So Scotty's going to be driving out. Marston's going to be coming. Rob's flying all the way from uh, from across the United States. He's going to be there. Uh, it's right in my backyard. Uh, so everyone's probably going to be just crashing at my house. It's going to be a big party I'm really, really excited. Uh, We're going to have a booth there and we will have issue eight in hand at the booth, if all goes well. (laughs) Um, And so if you want to get an early copy of that, you'll be able to um, snag uh, a copy right there at our booth. Uh, We'll have lots of uh, fun stuff to do. I'm going to bring my Mega SG with me. So we'll be playing some old school Genesis games while we're out there and the organizers of too many games really screwed up because they approved us to host a panel
2: there. Yeah. I can't believe that actually happened. Hell yeah. We're bringing the t-shirt cannon.
1: It's just going to be Mars and twerking to the Sonic trailer, you know, (laughs) that's how it's going to be.
2: Yeah. So the, the,
0: the, um, our panel is going to be where we're kind of discussing the future of video game magazines and kind of the viability of video game magazines like going into the future so uh we have a lot of work to do on that uh it's going to be a lot of fun a lot of pressure because i've never done a panel before so this is going to be exciting scary uh all the all the emotions all, from the emotional scale is i think going to be there for me um at least uh, leading up to the event um a lot of work ahead of us but i'm really really excited it's going to be a lot of fun uh to to hang out with the whole crew and get us all together um, I'm really excited about it.
2: Yes, it's going to be crazy. We're not going to sleep at all. It's going to be great. Yep, yep. So,
0: all right, yeah. So, if you're gonna, if you're in the area, uh, when is it? It's uh, June twenty first. Too many
2: games. Yeah, twenty first through the twenty third.
0: Yeah, in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Uh, okay. and, and so if you're if you're on the East Coast, do yourself a favor because Too Many Games is probably outside of MAGFest. It's my favorite video game convention. It's It started out really, really small, and each year it just kind of steadily grows and grows and grows. Uh, the um, Angry Video Game Nerd comes out almost every year. He's good friends with the organizers. Uh, yep. Keith Apicary, I think, is going to be there this year. Lots of yep. cool YouTubers. So I'm really looking forward to... Um, Showing some of them the uh, the the actual magazine. We saw Keith Apicary at E3 this past year, and we showed him our preview issue. And so I'm really excited to uh, to get him to come over to the booth and and show them some of the the actual issues we've done, because he he really liked what he saw the preview issue. And uh, it'll be cool to see some uh some some reactions.
2: He from YouTubers. um YouTubers worth pointing out. He's listed on there as one of the musical acts, so that is something that you don't want to miss either uh along with psycho stick crush 40 is going to be there so it's going to be a good weekend
0: we are going to have a blast fellas it's it's Uh going to be all the fun is going to be had there so definitely come if you're in the area come check it out come hang out at our booth uh we will uh, be having a lot of fun over there doing some
2: tournaments we'll see we can get together there
0: Yep, definitely. So, cool. That's going to do it for this week's episode. We will be back uh, in a couple weeks with uh, another Megavision show. I think next Saturday, Sunday, it was when we're going to be finally doing another of our Megavision sideshow playing Shinmu 2. Yep. And we will uh, be making finally some good progress in that. Uh, so, that's going to do it for this episode. We will be back here in a few weeks.
2: We'll see uh, you don't later. forget to watch our streams and stuff. Go to Twitch. Yes, tell them tell them about that. I forgot to say. <laughs> I get, forgot. That's all say. right. Um, no, we got TJ Kusanagi. Myself, we're streaming throughout the week. Just follow us on Twitter and follow us on Twitch. Uh, Megavisions Mag on there, and you'll be able to keep up with what we're playing. Um, TJ's been going through. Uh, shoot, what game is it now? He's he's been, he started a JRPG, and uh, he's been making good progress with that. So it's um uh uh Rayearth Knights of Earth, Magic Knights of Ray Earth. Magic Magic, Ray Knight, Ray Earth. Earth. Yeah. say words. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to be starting up, but since I fin- finished Panzer Dragoon Saga, phew, table's open to anything that's a little more relaxing. Um, but it's good, and I think, it would, it's, uh, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what I can pick. Ha <laughs> ha! And, uh, Rob's always doing his streams, right, Rob? No, I actually don't stream much these days. Okay. Never mind, yeah. Rob's not doing anything. <laughs>
1: I've I've actually taken to just uploading videos because... Um, I'm tired of people complaining that I use Photoshop to draw, you know, and I'm like, I I seriously don't want to hear it anymore. I'm like, it's you guys, you guys know what you're doing. You know, I'm going to go over here and just use my broke ass software. I don't pay monthly fees for, you know, (laughs) whatever. So, but what you can do is follow me on Instagram. And uh, I do some small little 60 second podcasts, always giving tips and stuff. So if you want some art tips and some inside info, then that's the place to hang out
0: sweet i also forgot to have to pimp the uh, mega visions patreon so if you want to subscribe and get each issue of mega visions when it's published go to www.patreon.com/megavisions and you can choose to either get a physical uh print version or a digital issue of the magazine and uh, it'll come right to your door or to your email inbox
1: i swear to god sooner than later like we're, we're
0: one of these be, days
2: like,
1: shoving like. this fucking issue out the door you know so,
0: yeah and
2: happening. if you want content right now that's also the only way you can listen to the sideshow is by hopping on the patreon
0: sounds like a threat it is we'll um we, we promise to uh publish more issues than egm how about dude, that dude? can
1: we can, no, let's not do that hey can we can <laughs> we let's not make that say can we well, get, the, not do anything anymore, so. guys can we get an exclusive podcast on the television what would it take To Uh, get, (laughs) (laughs) all we do is just bitch about their games. But can we get the exclusive? We gotta look into that and see what it would take. I mean, I could just play with my old black and
2: white (laughs) iPod, probably. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's the same thing.
1: Available available soon to Motorola Pagers everywhere.
0: Great. We're starting a Game. dot com podcast next week. Hell yeah! (laughs)
1: Available on GeoCities.
0: Right. All right, guys. That's gonna do it for this week. We will see you uh, next episode. Take it easy.
2: Later! Stay in there and be quiet.
0: How much longer? I can't breathe in here. Do you have your child in that bag? No. I mean, yes, it's a child, but it's not mine. It's not your child. It smells like body spray spraying an old ham sandwich. <laughs>